Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Social Contract, a Commander podcast. I'm Mike Almond, and joining me is my co-host, Alex Lapp. Alex, what's up, man? Not too much, Mike, but today, I don't want to be social. I don't want to be nice. I don't want to do group hug. I don't want to give people resources. I want to be mean today. Oh, okay. Um, How how are you mean? Because I know how I'm mean. I play mean cards. I don't get mean in real life. I get mean on the board. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I, I think that um, – I don't think I'm a mean person, but I think like most mean people also don't think that they're mean people. Well, you do you think mean? that those mean people know that their cards are mean or do you think that they think they're not so bad? I, I mean think about it. Does a, yeah. does a villain ever think they're truly like evil? It's no. funny. I just I just saw this picture <laughs> online of, of like uh, – some different villains mm-hmm. and it was uh i think it was sauron who was like no i'm i'm actually evil like i'm I'm the lord of darkness i'm the bad guy sure okay <laughs> okay so other other than like sauron other than like evil for the sake of evil i i, I think that most people are like oh yeah this is a mean thing kind of but like it's for the greater good and we're not talking about the card greater good today but it would possibly fit into our discussion right of you know, some of the mean stuff that we run. And sometimes, you know, I, I, I want it's it's unexpected, right? And that's kind of what I, I wanted to to get from, you know, everybody. So we put it out on Twitter, we put it out on our Discord as far as, hey, what are some of the mean things that you run? We that, got back some interesting answers yeah. that uh I think some of these might only make sense in the context of another card, that being a sure. combo or a lock, right? Because I know I suggested a couple of cards from my list that th- they really come in pairs. Right? Mm-hmm. One and of that them seems to be the case. Does yeah. very little, and one of them does a lot, and together they do a whole heck of a lot. So, why don't we look at some of these cards? Do we want to start with our cards? Do we want to start with our listeners' cards? So, I want to start with some listener cards. Okay, cool. and and I also want to. Uh, so, we got a really cool story um, from Oz Espen at Twitter. And it kind of gives some context of what we're doing. So uh, they said, played against Urza at my uh, local game shop, but the guy was obviously pretty new, right? So it's new player playing Urza. Okay, so maybe they just read something. Oh, this commander's cool. Cool. At most, and most of the deck was jank, like Kaladish commons that make servos or whatever, just a lot of things like that. Then one uh, game in turn, or sorry, then one turn in game two, he plays Tinker. And, you know, we tell him it's actually banned. He says, okay, and then plays Winter Orb instead. So sometimes it, 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 you don't necessarily know what is mean or what is the case, especially that if you're new. That is kind of an outlier, right? If if you're very right. new, that makes a lot of sense that you wouldn't know what's mean yet. But that's exactly. why I think that's why people tend to be more accommodating of newer players, right? They're not going to assume malice from a new player right. if they know they're new. And and you're right, Tinker is banned for a very good reason. That card is super busted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is that. So let's let's go on to some uh, some some different cards and essentially combos uh, that we got from people on socials. Uh, Kaladesh student on Twitter 
uh, has Zhao Du, the one-eyed with living death. Um, and he has a combo with it. So Zhao Du is an interesting um, mono-black commander. That's a Portal Three Kingdoms one, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 out there. It, yeah. It's been around a minute. Um, but it's two black black for a legendary creature, human soldier, three two with horsemanship. Now you know, if you're talking horsemanship, it's something's it's not about recent. to go down. Right. Um, but that's actually not what this is based off of. Uh, the other ability that Zhao Du uh, Zhao Dun has is you can sacrifice it and return target black card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, activate this only during your turn before attackers are declared. So on main phase one, great. This is a thing that you can do, right? Or, you know, upkeep on, I, I guess. But main point is that you're going to do this in main phase one. And the combo that he puts with this is having enough creatures out there to sacrifice to a Phyrexian altar or Ashnod's altar to cast Living Death. So Living Death, another fun card, um, it, it, it says it in the weirdest way possible, but each player exiles all creature cards from their graveyard, then sacrifices all creatures they control, then puts all of the cards they exiled this way onto the battlefield. So you exile everything from your graveyard, you sacrifice everything that you have, and then you take all the stuff you exiled from your graveyard and put it back onto the battlefield. Yeah, I love this card, Mike. I run this card. It's in, really good. And uh, right? Sekor, absolutely. It's great. So the combo is that you can do this and you can sequence it to where you sacrifice Zhao Dun and are able to get back living death. So you're able to just keep recurring everything from your graveyard. And that's terrifying, right? But the other part about this is that everybody, no one else gets to have creatures anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's just, okay, well, good luck. If you play something, it might survive a turn. That's it. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. Like, this is a combo that requires a lot of pieces. And it's kind of mean. But... Wow, I like I never thought to do something like that before, you know, and I think that's kind of the exercise we're working around here. What are some mean things that we can do? What do you think, Alex? Yeah, Mike, I do think this one is uh, that's quite mean. I think that pretty much any lock that you set up like that is definitely going to be perceived as mean. Um, although I think the the general consensus on that for most commander players is mm -hmm. can you finish the game up with some hustle with some good haste uh, right pretty much right after you set up that lock because it seems to me that unless somebody top decks a counterspell uh, or some way to just instant speed exile the graveyard in response to him targeting right. it with Zhao Zhu um, I mean it's it is a lock right so you would need to you need to have those pieces right like you said have a, a nice full board of creatures that or, or another combo even that can immediately end the game because nobody wants to spend another six turns after you set up that lock for you to for figure out how to scrape yeah. by a win. That means your deck yeah. isn't built correctly, yeah. I think that's so, what people care about more than you actually playing a mean lock in that case. Yeah, I don't think people are upset at mean as much as they are upset at being stuck. Wasting time. Right? Yeah. So let's go on to our next one here because – uh this is from at clockwork12 underscore B uh, on Twitter, who's also on our Discord. Hey. Um, they have an Orzhov lands deck. And, you know, when you talk about 
any deck that has white in it, any any lands deck that has white in any it, any lands deck that doesn't have green in it. Yeah, yeah. it usually means it's got to do something pretty uh, interesting pretty here. So let's see what um, it did. So we're looking at Fall of the Thran. So this is a five and a white saga. Yeah, where step one of the saga, lore counter one, is destroy all lands. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're starting. I remember with. this one well. Yeah. Yeah. Dominaria draft. St- <laughs> yep. And then uh, uh, Saga Counter 2 and 3 are each player returns two land cards from their graveyard back to the battlefield. Well, the difference is if you combo uh, combo this with face reward, a 3 and a white instant that says return to the battlefield all permanent cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn, Mm -hmm. you are going to destroy all lands and then get all of your lands back for 10 mana. Yep. So... In my head, real, real mean, right? We are destroying all lands. Yeah, I mean, that's what's your strategy at that point? Because you need to have something. I mean, sure, right. nobody else has any board state, but that doesn't mean the game automatically ends. Yeah, because here's the thing. This is also a 10-mana combo, Yeah, right? no kidding. So what you, I, I think at this point it's, okay, I'm going to play this, and I'm going to wipe all the lands from the board, and I'm going to get all mine back. Your turn is... I mean, they wouldn't come back tapped, right? Because you're just returning them back to the battle or to the battlefield. That's right. They're not coming back tapped unless they would come in to play tapped on the card. So I, I, I think if this is something where you've got ten mana at your disposal, yeah, you get, let's say at minimum you get eight lands back. Okay, can you take out everybody's lands, bring back eight of your own, spend eight more mana on a turn, and win? In the next two turn cycles, while everybody basically, you know, depending on the board state of creatures and everything else, while their turn is draw, play a land, pass. Right. I feel like you can probably win pretty quickly, but this also does feel like uh, 50% of the time I win because people scoop at that point. Yeah, and that's not a real win con. We've talked about that. You need to have a a reliable way. (laughs) <laughs> it's a win con it's just it's, it's, just it's a, a win con that if you write that win con into your deck building process uh we need to have a conversation about your deck mm-hmm. building process i think but that, I, that I you're right it. it's definitely feasible right to end yeah. the game with 10 mana the question is right. both of these cards are white so we can only mm-hmm. assume that the deck is white and the question is how many 10 mana finishers does white have mm-hmm. that aren't huge board wipes Going into it, uh, they, they called it an Orzhov lands deck. Right. So this is like, I don't know if it's a whole lot of land destruction on theme for them, or if it is just trying to get value out of lands uh, in those colors. If this is the ultimate win con, whoo, that's mean. If it's yeah, that's not, and this is just one of those kind of like surprising things that you can pull out on that deck. Okay, cool. Go for it. You know, I'm, 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 I'm very sad. I, I like my lands. I like them to stick around. I like everybody to have lands because it's really hard to, you know, power yeah. the battle cruiser magic. If Land destruction is still one of those big no-nos on the social contract. Unless the yeah. game ends immediately, blowing up everyone's lands, people are going to consider that to be very mean, Mike. I, I'm starting to feel better about targeted land removal mm-hmm. the more and more that I that I play because, you know, you you turned me on to the idea of glacial chasm just being an awesome card that glacial chasm no should just expects. be in every 
<laughs> right. So if, if it's that, then at oh the same time, it's like, oh, yeah, targeted land removal should be something that people think about. Yeah. Because there are just some times where I, where I can play Glacial Chasm and say, I can't do anything to stop. Yeah, that's that's that is the funny thing, right? Because we've talked about Glacial Chasm and how just being able to stall for four or five turns Mm -hmm. just by draining your life total to Glacial Chasm and maybe they don't even have a non-camo win con. Like if you don't have if you don't even have land removal, you're right, you're locked out for four or five turns. That might be enough time for them to deck into their win con and, and turn it around if they're not winning already. Yeah. And, and and again, I'm I'm one of those people that says if you're not playing green or blue, you're allowed to be a little bit meaner with the deck to keep up. That's that's just me though. Because well, I'm I would include black in that list. Oh yeah, fair. Um, anyway. Okay, so let's talk about some ones that we got from our Discord uh, because sure. we have we have a wonderful wonderful growing family in there. We'll have a link in our show notes for you to come Discord. Discord. And you can uh, you can talk about some terrible things that you would like to do uh, to people with your deck. Um, Papadio, we're going to start with Papadio uh, because they run Lifeline, a card that is near and dear to our I hearts. Love that card with a ton of graveyard hate. Oh my god, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you took the best part about Lifeline and just threw it away. No, nah, no, nah, they, they they took the best part about Lifeline. They kept it for themselves and they threw everybody. Okay, else well that makes a lot ride. of sense. Yeah, yeah. Which I like I get it. So Lifeline is a card where it says if there's a creature on the board, if creatures went to the graveyard, they come back. It's just great. But if nobody else gets to have a graveyard or if you get to exile things in your opponent's graveyard or you if something is going to go to the graveyard, you exile it instead. Well, then you get to recur a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. And you your opponents get to uh, be jealous, I suppose. That's that's basically what they get to do. Yeah. Lifeline is just one of those cards that as soon as somebody learns of its existence, all they're imagining is think of all the shenanigans I can do with this card. Oh, yeah. I I love our na- our next one because it combines two different cards that we talk about a decent amount for very opposite reasons. Um, talk about, you know, oh, Papa Dio took Lifeline, the best part of one of our favorite cards, and, mm-hmm. and made it angry. Um, here's even worse. Uh, so Jason Belk um, says, Scheming Symmetry. Love, we love that, that card. card. Hell love yeah. Love that card. Great card. Two two players get to so search nice. their library for a card. One then mana. E- yeah, and then just put it on top. Great, right? Yeah. Um, but then combining that with Opposition Agent. Why would you do that? Because <laughs> it's so That's much value, so mean. Alex. It's incredibly mean. But here's the best part about it. Normally with scheming symmetry, <laughs> you pick yourself and an opponent. Yeah. You make a deal. Now you can scheming symmetry and you could pick two opponents. And you can turn oh their Oh my best god, cards. I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. so much worse. <laughs> it's it's not even aha. Oh my you god. You and I are gonna make a deal, but guess what? The deal is actually. We for did me. it, guys. We broke opposition agent. Yeah. <laughs> finally that's happened that's fair uh so yeah um that's that's pretty busted but that is a really scary four mana combo <laughs> that is just, just like awful i'd like to tutor your two best things your best thing and your best thing okay great those are mine for now no no um, no. <laughs> um we're gonna go a little bit uh deeper into the scary um so uh used car salesman uh does this in their uh Yawgmoth deck so they run Cormus Spell. Cormus Spell is not one that I normally see. How often do you see Cormus Spell? 
Uh, I've never seen it played before, although I am aware of it. Yeah, so uh, four four mana artifact that says all swamps are 1-1 creatures that are still lands. Yeah, pretty standard uh, land animation effect. I'm guessing this involves some uh, board wiping? Well, yeah, because then you get into Urborg. Ah, so, so so some some land destruction. Yes, so every every yeah. land is a one one creature. Now yeah, because all lands are swamps, and now they're all being destroyed. Well, because Yogmouth can do that. Yeah, <laughs> this uh, that reminds me of uh, using Jarell the Empress of Beasts to mm-hmm. threaten to animate someone's lands. Yep, in response to board wipe. But this yep. is it, it's our this is yeah yeah this is the. The cobra version of the rattlesnake that just oh, attacks yeah. you without you having to provoke it at all, right? Yeah. Now, admittedly, again, I'm I'm a big I am a big believer in that if a if a if a combo requires more than two cards, I'm less upset about it, just mm-hmm. because it's more things that are required to get it to be done. However, <laughs> if you blow up all my lands, blowing up lands, it's just, oh my gosh. I, and, and I, I think I, I think that is on on brand for when we talk about mean. That's kind of where I'm at. It's stealing other people's stuff. Right. It's destroying their lands. Or being able to do something endlessly that doesn't necessarily lock people out of the game entirely, but it can lock out a whole bunch of people from the it game. It locks or, out all the fun in the game uh, well, without ending the we game. We say fun, but... Here's the other part about this, and we're we're kind of dumping on uh, some of these strategies. Don't worry, we're gonna go to some of ours soon. The point is, don't worry, I'm a total hypocrite. That can be done. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, it's all right. Both yeah. of us are. Don't worry about that. Um, but there's a lot of mean things that can be done, and we're gonna get into one of mine specifically. I think that there are things that you do because it's powerful and mean. And then there's things that you do that are powerful and you don't realize how mean it is. And I literally had that experience last week, which is kind of what brought us to this show topic. <laughs> I'm not going um, to lie. Tell me about but we'll get to that. To the, we'll get to that in just a minute okay. here. Um, we're going to take an early break this episode. We'll be right back. And Alex and I will talk about some of the mean things that we put into our decks. All right, we're back. And wow, Alex, our listeners are are, are mean. I they can't sure are, Mike. They and do. they're so much meaner, especially, this is very important, they're meaner than I am because I would <laughs> never, and I mean never, run any cards anywhere near this mean ever. Now, okay. let's well, talk about all the super mean cards I've run. Let's talk about, yeah, 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 yeah. So what you got for me first, Alex? Okay, Mike, you know what I have to start with, right? It's my favorite lock, and I'm pretty sure if you've listened <laughs> to the show before, you've heard me mention it at some point, and that is the Mind Slaver Academy of Ruins lock. This is the main win con for my stacks deck, and I play it because I love Mind Slaver. Let's read it, shall we? Mind Slaver mm-hmm. is six generic mana for a legendary artifact with a single activated ability, pay four tap, and sacrifice mind slaver. You control target player during that player's next turn. We've all heard of it before. It's really, really good. The yeah. balancing factor of mind slaver is that it goes to the graveyard once you're done using it. You can only use it once, unless 
you can consistently reanimate it with something like Academy Ruins, which is a land that allows you to pay one and a blue tap and put a artifact card from your graveyard on top of your library and then draw next turn. The lock is very simple. As long as you have 13 mana, you can activate this combo on every single one of your turns. And provided that you are 1v1 at this point, they will never get to take another turn, which is uh, incredibly mean, Mike. It's super, super mean. It's the meanest thing that I can even think of. And I don't feel any shame because that's the that's how my deck wins. It's the end of the game sure. for that deck. If I get in control of your board, and I've done it a lot, I'm getting pretty good at messing with people's decks. I can figure out how your deck works and just brick it. And it all starts yeah. with sending your commander to a zone that you don't want it to go to. Right. It's, all right. Well, you live here now. I hope you have somewhere to get back. But <laughs> Mike, sorry. uh... Do Am I telling you another one, or you have one of yours? No. You, why don't you tell me another one okay. of yours here? So in case that doesn't work, right, because it does need two very specific pieces, and if I don't have one of those pieces, I'm screwed, right? So I do have a backup Wincon, and it's perhaps even meaner somehow, right? And that is the Solemnity Decree of Silence lock. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Everyone's shivering already. Let's start with Solemnity. Two and a white, this is a pretty normal stacks piece. Enchantment, players can't get counters, and counters can't be put on artifacts, creatures, enchantments, or lands, right? So it doesn't mess with planeswalkers, but nothing else is allowed to get counters. No experience counters, no infect counters, plus one, plus one, minus one, minus one, none of that. No indestructible counters, divinity counters. Mm -hmm. That's fine. It's not that mean on its own. It does host some strategies, and that's why I run it. But if I need to win the game and my Mind Slaver is gone, or my Academy of Ruins is gone. We'll combine it with Decree of Silence, which is right. a very expensive, very mean card. Six blue-blue, that's eight mana for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, counter that spell, and put a depletion counter on Decree of Silence. If there are three or more depletion counters on Decree of Silence, sacrifice it. And then it also has a cycling ability. You can pay four blue-blue to target uh, counter target spell when you cycle it. I basically never do that part. What's important right. here is that you can counter three spells using Decree of Silence, and then it That's goes to the graveyard. That's what it's intended to do. Right. When yeah. you combine it with Solemnity, of course, the counters don't stack up anymore, so you can keep countering spells forever. That is yeah. my alternate Wincon lock in my Kaikar Stacks deck. It's pretty mean. You're not allowed to cast any spells, and if you try to, uh, wow, you're going to get hosed. And what's really, really funny Mike, is when I don't have the Solemnity, so the lock isn't in place, but I do have the Decree of Silence down and another way to less efficiently reanimate artifacts, because I do have right. a few. And people are like trying to burn through spells out of their hand to get depletion counters on the Decree of Silence mm-hmm. so that they can cast their big spell and probably remove Decree of Silence or board wipe. And I'm like, okay, I'll just reanimate it again. Now you have to burn three more spells, but maybe right. you'll get it this time. It's really mean, Mike. It's super mean. Yeah, getting that enchantment back onto the field. Oh, or, boy, oh, boy, know. Mike. Yeah. It's, that's the win comp for a stack stack right there. That's as mean as it gets. That's, that's pretty rough. I mean, but it's a stack stack. Yeah. Right? You know, and, I'm very and I think that's where it gets it into. Stack like, stack, yeah. You know, n- you're, that doesn't necessarily win the game, but it it wins the game you know it's just okay right from there i went through through combat there's no more casting for the rest of the game for anybody but you yep we can keep going but no one is casting spells does anybody have anything on board that's going to fix this 
Okay. Because if not, I'm just going to swing it and you'll lose. Right. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, and that's what happens a lot with, you know, with the mean stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Solemnity and, and decree of silence, pretty, pretty messed up. Very messed but up. But I get it. Like everything else. Right. Like, tell me um, what you do that's mean. So here's the thing. I'm I'm gonna start with the one where it is just designed uh, to be mean. Okay. Um. So I have a Zedru deck, right? Yes. So Zedru the Great Hearted, uh, one and Jeskai, to have a two four legendary creature Minotaur monk, where I gain life and draw cards based off the number of permanents uh, I own that my opponents control, and for Jeskai, target opponent gains control of target permanent you control. So. There's a lot of donation effects in this deck. Yeah. You know, a lot of things along those lines. And then there are the very, very mean cards that are in the deck. Oh, yeah. Because I just want to give somebody something terrible. Uh, so I, first one that we got here is uh, Illusions of Grandeur is yee. one of my favorite uh, damage that isn't damage spells in the game. Uh, it is three and a blue. With uh, for uh, an enchantment with a cumulative upkeep of two, um, when it comes into play, you gain twenty life. Mm-hmm. Great, cool. Um, when it leaves play, you lose twenty life. Okay, but so, what if you gained the life, right, and then didn't lose that life? Yeah, and here's the thing: I usually play this as a tax effect. I'm going to play this. I'm going to gain 20 life. I'm going to donate it to somebody. Yeah. And more times than not, they're going to have to pay yeah, mana. Yeah, they start showing out that mana until they can't yeah. pay anymore. Because, you know, it's it's cumulative upkeep. So it's two on their first turn. It's four on their next turn. Unless that would kill it's, me, I would just I just let it hit me because right. it, it has to happen eventually. There's right. almost no way for you to stop it from happening, so you might as well get it over with and not waste mana, unless it would which literally is, kill you. Unless it would literally kill you, which yeah. is why this turns into a, usually a seven mana, I gain 20, somebody else loses 20. It's a 40-point swing right there. Which I'm okay with. Um, sometimes you need to do more damage than that, though. So there's also Form of the Dragon. Uh, oh, boy. Generic, red, red, red. So a seven mana red enchantment that says at the beginning of your upkeep, Form of the Dragon deals five damage to target creature or player. Cool. Yeah. Or, sorry, to any target is, is what it's eroded to. So you yes, can to any planeswalkers target. Planeswalkers yep. um, At the beginning of each end step, your life total becomes five. But you have the benefit of creatures without flying being and not being able to attack. Some moats. Yeah. But your life total becomes five. Yeah, Mike, this was a this is a big time card in in competitive magic. Uh, it was in, in the day because I mean, even though your life total is five, what does it matter if your opponent can't touch you? Right, and 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 that's part of the effect. Where the other problem is my Zedru deck. I call it my Dungeons and Dragons deck because I did it before the Dungeons and Dragons set, and it was literally Zedru giving curses and magic items and cool stuff to people. But also there were dragons. So I don't care that creatures without flying can't attack people. Because my creatures fly. You know, I used to have a Zedru deck. It became a Kaikar deck. I know. Yeah. I know. But I, I remember that's, that's, I had cards like this in there. All sorts there. of mean things to give away. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. It, it really can be, right? And, well, there's there's one last one that okay. I think is actually the meanest of the bunch. Uh, but doesn't it doesn't sound as scary. Um, Pyromanther Swath. 
Okay. Uh, it's two generic and a red for an enchantment. If an instant or sorcery source you control would deal damage to a creature or player, it deals that much plus two to that creature or player. Uh, sorry, to that permanent or player instead. So it just adds two more damage to stuff, right? The downside is at the beginning of each end step, uh, you discard your hand. Yeah. And that's not your end step. That's each end, end step. Yeah. So impulsive draw, all the cool stuff where you can. It's going to be very to hard to get stuff. a leg back up. Nah, it, yeah. it's it is there to say no. You don't get stuff. You're done anymore. playing now. Yeah, that's a six mana. You don't get to have a hand. Yeah. At the end of each turn, um, which I'm not sure if you know this, uh, Alex. Uh, it, it's it's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I've rough. I have heard that uh, <laughs> hand destruction is is pretty rough, and people hate that stuff. People do not like that. Yeah. It can be a, it can be a problem. Um. But yeah, that's that's my the Zedru deck. Its whole thing is built off the idea of I'm going to give people stuff, and I built it with the idea of I'm going to give people some good stuff too. Sometimes I want to enable my opponents to kind of help me stop everybody I can possibly can. Um, but as far as the mean stuff, there's still mean stuff, and well, here it is. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh... My opinion on on mean stuff has definitely evolved as I've Same. played Magic over the years. I think originally I had a very visceral knee jerk reaction to certain strategies that I just really didn't like, and I I wasn't interested in looking into why I didn't like them. Uh, but now, as I've grown, it's it's not really such that I've started to run more mean strategies. It's more that my view on the game has slightly changed. Right? As sure. It's really about everyone enjoying it themselves, not really about Am I going to have my deck? Is my deck going to be allowed to function? Because sometimes right. if it's just happening at the end of the game and the game's over anyway and I'm getting locked out, that's just how it is. That's how the deck wins and it's okay. It's not like they're stretching out the mean thing over the entire game, which granted is a, a separate issue entirely. Yeah. Um, for example, like running a stack deck. Who does that, dude? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it, it almost yeah. it almost sounds like the, you know, in... Now that I'm older and wiser and I've played more magic, sometimes it's just going to be a crappy game. You know, like, right. it, and sometimes it is. But what is our goal? Our goal is just to ensure that it's as likely to be a fun game for everyone as possible. Mm-hmm. But that said, game's still got to end. Yeah, in right? the spirit of running yeah. very mean things that have to end, I do have a very wacky one. Yeah, uh, yeah, give me that. It's my Nin the Pain Artist deck. And <laughs> that deck runs some of the highest power win cons in the game, right? It runs Jace. It runs, yeah. it would run Thassa's Oracle. It runs uh, Laboratory Maniac. But mm-hmm. there's no way for it to get to them, right? Yeah. I just have to top deck them, which right. tends to really not happen until very late in the game. So I have to do something mean to advance my board state in this very strange group hug burn deck that sure. normally just draws my opponent's cards. How am I going to do that? Let's read Nin first. Nin the Pain Artist is two mana. That's a, a blue and a red. For a legendary creature of a Dalkin wizard with an activated ability, pay X blue red, tap. Uh, Nin the Pain Artist deals X damage to target creature, and that creature's controller draws X cards. Uh, she's a 1-1. One, one. I love this effect. It's so much fun. Uh, you can destroy something and then pay them out. Like, hey, I'm sorry that's mm-hmm. gone, but uh, you had a very hefty life insurance policy on that creature, and it just paid out big time. 
Right. Um, so it's really good fun. You can hit your own creatures. But what happens when you want to get really mean with Nin and you need to end the game synergistically and, and you're not really trying to uh, combo off and, and exile your deck and, and find your lab man? Because that can happen if it's time for it to happen, if I look into it. But I need a more mm-hmm. more reliable kind of thing. And uh, that's where I turned to Willbreaker. Which is yeah. three blue blue. That's five mana for an interesting creature human wizard. Whenever a creature an opponent controls becomes the target of a spell or ability you control, gain control of that creature for as long as you control Willbreaker. It's a two three. Yeah, so this yeah. turns into a much, much meaner deck. When Willbreaker comes out, the entire it's like the air changes around the deck, right? It turns from, <laughs> oh, wacky, spot removal, burn, everyone's drawing cards, everyone's having fun. No. Now I activate Nin for zero blue, red, uh, X equals zero. And now I'm simply targeting your creature, and now it's mine permanently. And right. that really, people people see that correctly as a it's mean It's a shift. Thing. It's very mean. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I, but I mean, you know what? That said. Willbreaker itself is a mean card. It really is. You know, and and I think I, I think that's kind of the dynamic of okay, the game needs to shift. I need to start trying to take control. We need to try and make the game end here, right? Because I've I've put Willbreaker into a couple of decks. Really, I, if I ever see if I ever see a Niv Mizzet deck that doesn't have Willbreaker in it, I usually do the hey, what are you doing? Are you just being friendly? Because I just want to check. Because there's this terrible, terrible thing that exists. I'm not afraid of Willbreaker with uh, with Nimbus, and I'm afraid of those one card combos. Um, mm-hmm. What what's what's that? Uh, what's that card that Niv Mizzet? Oh, just auto wins with. Yeah, yeah. Well, the curiosity. And yeah, yeah. Those are the ones. Aphidian Eye or something right, exactly. like that. Oh yeah, no, I know. It completes but the loop. Oh, yeah. And just, okay, great. The game is over kind of a thing. Yeah. But this is a little less you know, than that. It's a little less than yeah. that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, those, it's like of the Will Breaker combos, it's mean. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I can live with that, you know, especially if it's in a game where, you know, you hit one of my two twos for seven damage to give me a new hand kind of thing, which is, yeah, I probably I've seen you have do. done that. And then <laughs> right. later on, I'll take your commander. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, you're doing that. But now you're playing an 8 8 trample um, hmm. that does cool stuff. I, I don't you're like that. Slaver much. you again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Alex, you want to give me another one here? Sure. I don't have another combo, but I will talk about some of the mean cards that I run in my, yeah. in my Kaikar Stacks deck. And uh, we, we have had a an episode talking about it. So I'm not going to do a comprehensive list, but we'll talk about some sure. of these nice silver bullet hate pieces that I really like. Mm-hmm. A War's Toll is one of my favorites. That's three and oh, a red so for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent taps a land for mana, tap all lands that player controls. And if a creature an opponent controls attacks, all creatures that opponent controls attack if able. Right. This really takes a lot of control away from control decks, right? There are plenty of decks that want to uh, save lands up, keep mana up so that they can keep their counter spells, their spot removal out. Um, right. There are a lot of decks that would like to attack to get an attack trigger, but they also have utility creatures on board. They don't want to attack with those because they might get blocked and die. This significantly limits the options of those kind of control reactive style decks, Mike. I I have a bone to pick with this card. Do you? I don't think this is mean. This you, is, you don't this think is, this is mean? 
In my opinion, this is the least mean card that we have on our list for one very simple thing. Okay. It says, if you want to do the thing, go ahead, but you're going to do all of that thing. I got no problem I with think that. it's mean because there's literally entire, like, you would say that there's really only three core kinds of decks. I guess you'd expand mm-hmm. that into six, but the entire idea of a, of a reactive control style deck just doesn't work with this unless you have... Some sure. meta rocks, which right. is great, but those can be removed. Um, so my my follow-up to that is, oh, so it's really mean to the deck that tries to control what other people can do and okay. cannot do. Okay, okay. cool. Okay. <laughs> this is this is the biggest ant this is this, this is, is so anti-control. Stacks. This is it's so great. Super aggro. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is no, we're all we're all Listen, we're all aggro. attacking. We're all tapping <laughs> all of our lands. Everyone's doing a hundred percent of everything at all times. Yeah. Yeah, this card's hilarious. Yeah. No, this is just NOS for yeah. the table. I love exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh give me another one. Here. Okay. Let's talk about Yeah, let's talk about this card here, Detention Sphere. Now, Detention Sphere is an <laughs> O-ring effect, right? So O-ring right. effects. We pretty much have a good understanding of those, right? We have sure. the kinds that can do the shenanigans because they have two separate triggers. They can be stacked in such a way that uh, that card will go to exile and not come back. We hate that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and they, you know, you've seen one O-ring effect. You've seen them all, right? There's really only two kinds. Detention Sphere is a little bit different. Uh, it's one white-blue for an enchantment. When Detention Sphere enters the battlefield, you may exile target non-land permanent, not named Detention Sphere, and all other permanents with the same name as that permanent. And then separate trigger, when Detention Sphere leaves the battlefield, return the exile cards to the battlefield under their owner's control. Right. So two things here. The first thing is this is two separate triggers, right? That means that we can do those exile shenanigans as long as we stack our triggers correctly. Um, I'm not going to get super into that here because that's a very well-worn uh, thing that people do. But just look up uh, O-Ring Locker just O-rings in general, you'll you'll figure it out pretty fast here. Um, we basically have the uh, leave trigger happen first, right? Because you'll get both triggers. If it enters and leaves, you'll get both triggers. You stack them in the reverse order, and now it's trying to put something back on the field that isn't even there yet. Um, the second thing, right, is that Detention Sphere says all other permanents with the same name is that permanent. And a lot of token decks tend to run a lot of the same kinds of tokens and this is a really interesting one right because it'll immediately blow out all tokens with that same name if i have just made 10 soldiers 20 soldiers as my token deck likes to do this is three mana that only hits the token player and it blows up their largest swath of of creatures um so this is really a very versatile o-ring effect that it can do the nasty shenanigans, it can hit all the tokens, and it can just work like a normal O-ring effect without any of that stuff. Um, I just think this is one of the better pieces of spot removal. Yeah, and here's the thing. It, it sticks around. Yeah. Um, it had, you know, you talked about how you can kind of, you know, st- stack the, you know, if it, if it leaves and comes back. You mm-hmm. can do a bunch of stuff with it yeah. to where it can be really mean. And at the same time, it just it even if you just run it as is, it's an effective. No, that's bad. It needs to go away. Thanks. Yeah. You know, and I got no problem with that. People are running more copy effects, right? Like there are more Mm -hmm. and more powerful copy effects where people are now able to copy things many times. There are lands that copy things now. We can copy legendary creatures better and more easily now and do it over Mm -hmm. and over. So being able to blow out all of those copies all at once is really nice. Oh, absolutely. 
Um, Alex, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the wheel here for a second, yeah. and uh, let's talk about. So I I, <clears throat> I I alluded to this earlier because I didn't realize how busted it was okay. until I actually had both pieces out. Um, so let's let's start with the nice version, uh, Awakening. You know, this is you know Seedborn Muse kind of stuff for everybody. I love this spell, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, two green green four mana enchantment uh, that says at the beginning of each player's upkeep. Untap all creatures and lands. So we're untapping everybody's creatures and lands every time. How are you going to make this mean, Mike? Well, about that. Um, so we're doing that at upkeep. Uh, but then you combo it with opposition. So two generic and blue, blue. So four mana for an enchantment that says tap an untapped creature you control. Tap target artifact creature or land. Uh, so this was a combo that I got out in my Kaneos and Tiro deck. And you besmirched the boys. I I wasn't very happy about it. Uh, so the the ordeal is that the player after me had combat on board to kill everyone, just decimate, destroy the game. So I searched for something that would stop him. The only thing that I had that would stop him at the time was opposition. So I got that out there, and then I tapped him down, and then I forgot that I had awakening out there. So I untapped everything, and everybody untapped everything. But then I tapped down his board again. Yeah. So his turn was untap, draw, pass. And then yeah. we untapped everything, and I went, oh, I can make it to where somebody has to win on their upkeep or on somebody else's turn, or they have to remove one of these pieces immediately. Yeah, this also sounds like that it's... Uh this would take a significant amount of time on each upkeep, right? Because you know that you have a a vast array of, mm-hmm. of creatures. Probably you had quite a few creatures um, that you had access to, and you had to just have this list of things that you're like, okay, this is top threat, tap that down, tap that down, tap that down. And you just have to make a bunch of decisions on every upkeep. Yep. And that was, that was kind of – that's actually what the mean part was, is because – I put everybody in a think tank every turn, yeah. not just on their turn, on every turn, because I was also drawing them a bunch of cards because right. it's a group hug deck. Yeah. So I'm giving them extra resources in between their turns while we're going through and they're untapping everything on everybody else's turn. But then I had the ability to literally tap down everybody every turn. Because I had a token generator that I could pump mana into to get as much of, uh, so I could make more tokens. They don't have to be hasted because opposition is the thing that taps things down. Exactly. So I basically found out that, hey, if you don't have instant speed stop me from doing this, I'm going to do this every turn. Well, let's oh, no. let's make sure that, that we're clear on that rule, right? It's it's mm-hmm. not the reason that opposition is the thing tapping it that allows you to tap creatures that don't have haste. It's that opposition uh, tells you to tap as a cost without using the tap symbol. Right. right. The tap symbol is what is restricted by summoning sickness. Right. Yeah. So, as long as I was able to keep making tokens, which I could because I was untapping all my lands, and I think it was an ant queen or something. It was something where I was making one ones for. A reduced amount of mana. Right. So I'm just making extra tokens. So it was unlikely that anybody was ever going to be able to produce more onto the board to stop me from 
basically locking out their turn. And I went, oh, this is what stacks is. I'm st- I'm I'm stopping people. Yeah, that's stacks. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and then and then I felt dirty. Um, and and, and kind of right now. Hey, I'm gonna go take a shower real quick. Why don't you go ahead? Wait, and so tell this me about this is parts. the nice version of the thing you were talking about. Yeah, because yeah. Oh, yeah. it's okay. it's not nice. <laughs> so what? Do I even want to know what the main version is? Uh, well, I mean, it's I mean, opposition. Just a I I can also just seed born muse, and then I get to untap, but nobody else does. Yeah, yeah, which is just a lot easier, you know. Mm-hmm. Actually, that might be that's the probably the meaner version, but it was the more simple version. Mm. You know, I don't know. Either way, kind of busted. Uh, why don't you Why don't you clear my uh, cleanse my palate here? Okay. What, give me. Let's give me let's talk about some nice uh, white effects that. Uh-huh. Uh, do the thing that white is uh, apparently supposed to do, which is lock people out sure. of doing things that they want to do. First and foremost, curse of exhaustion. Yeah. Hell of a curse. Two white white that's four mana for an enchantment or a curse with enchant player. Enchanted player can't cast more than one spell each turn. This is completely devastating. Uh, people yep. absolutely hate this one. Oh my gosh, Mike. This is just... You you can't you feel like you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Most people in mid to late game are trying to cast two or more spells on a turn, and mm-hmm. when you can't, sometimes your turn doesn't even work. Sometimes you need to cast both of those spells in the same turn to make those spells worth anything. So this just locks out some people's entire game plan, and for everyone else, so, it's slowing them down. Right. the The funniest thing I've ever seen with this card, I, I was watching uh, somebody stream on Twitch. And they played the the epic blue spell where you get to go into somebody's library. Yeah. And you get to drag something out and you get to cast it. But they played but then somebody else played Curse of Exhaustion on them. Now I don't know if they ruled it right, but in my head, it was wait, so they're gonna cast this spell where they can go into somebody's library, find something, and then cast it for free. But they can only cast one spell per turn. Yeah. So does that mean that, that they basically get to search for somebody's library, find a card, and then not do anything with it? Yeah, and then not cast it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, that's rough. <laughs> that is rough. That's uh, That reminds me of things like uh, Teferi Locks with Knowledge Pool, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what that we're, we're not. We're not that mean. We don't run oh, those. Oh, no, no, no. Let's talk no, about another mean, other stuff mean like... white card. Uh, Containment Priest. This is a well-known, <laughs> well-known hate bear. One in a white for yeah. a creature and human cleric f- with flash. Uh, if a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast, exile it instead. She's a 2-2. Yeah, so this is just classic, classic white hate bear. This is mm-hmm. saying no to blinking, no to reanimation, no to cheating things out of the field no, from no your cheating. hand. <laughs> This is this is containment referee. No, no cheating, and yeah, the flash is really what makes it here, right? Because oh, for sure, they blink it. Oh, okay, it comes back and end a turn. Uh, no, no, it doesn't. It gets exiled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's so this is its own weird two mana counter spell, yeah. but not it's exactly. the best. And uh, the last white one that I'll talk about here, Nevermore. This is okay. This is dirty, um, but I I really like it because this is a very directed silver bullet style piece that's what i like about 
my stack stack. And I think you'll agree here. Mm-hmm. Nevermore is one white white. That's three mana for an enchantment. As Nevermore enters the battlefield, choose a non-land card name and spells with a chosen name can't be cast. Um, how are you going to know what spell someone is going to play? Their commander, of course. You're going to their name commander. their commander. Or um, if they tutor something where they have to reveal it. Or, right. And then they know, can't cast that. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. definitely options. But oh, for sure. the fact of the matter is that somebody being unable to cast their commander can be a huge problem. A lot of oh, yeah. decks almost rely on the commander. And without it, it's severely kneecapped. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just such a simple card. Usually this can come out faster than the commander. Most commanders are not three mana. Most of them are, right. are a decent amount more than that. Um, and you But can, even so. Yeah. It's the, the, yeah. the ability to say your commander is out. Now I'm going to cast this thing on your commander to reduce its efficiency. Like, you know, a dark steel mutation or something along those lines. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you can do something about that. You can sacrifice the creature. You can uh, do some kind of, you know, you know, you yeah, can I'll just sack it and bring things. it back. Right. Yeah. Nevermore just says, no, you don't. You, you really don't want to do that. Specifically enchantment or player removal. Yeah. To be able to do anything. And, you know, sometimes, like, again, it's a mean card. Not letting somebody play their commander is pretty rough. However, <laughs> certain there commanders, are also times when it's necessary. Certain commanders are a little more powerful than other commanders, Mike. Isn't that true? Yeah, yeah I, I feel like uh, there is a huge difference between Ruhana the Fumori getting Nevermore. I wonder why you chose Urza. that one. Well, you know, it's the I first don't think one I've ever Nevermore your Ruhan. No, that's what I'm saying. Okay. There's a big difference. There, there is a big difference between I don't want this thing to get onto the battlefield versus, oh, you're going to Nevermore Urza? Cool. Like, <laughs> that's your ass. I'm going to Nevermore Urza. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, there's there's times where it's mean, but it's justified. Yeah. Um, speaking of completely unjustified actions, um, <laughs> I'm going to go to another combo here. I think this is the meanest thing that I do. But you let me know. I will let you know. Uh, so I have, I, I, I think my most, I don't know if it's my most powerful deck, but I think it's my most like tuned deck, uh, is a Damia Sage of Stone. Um, the actual commander doesn't matter a whole lot to, uh, the actual deck. It's, it's a lands deck. It's a Sultai lands deck. Uh, wait, Sultai? Black, blue, green? Yes? Sultai. Yes. Cool. Got it. Sorry. It's early here. Um, so the main premise is, uh, two cards that I don't see very often at all. Mm -hmm. And, uh, together are busted. Uh, so one of them is called mana bond. Now this is a green, it's a one mana enchantment that says at the beginning of your end step, you may reveal your hand and put all land cards from it onto the battlefield. If you do discard your hand. Yeah, Damia doesn't mind that at all, does she? No, Damia definitely doesn't mind that. Lands decks don't mind that. Like, it, this is one of those things that I'm surprised I don't see this card specifically in more decks, just because it can be a really good way. Like, hey, I'm not going to have any cards, but I'm going to have five mana on turn one or two. So if I've got a decent commander, I'm just going to throw it out there and we'll refill the hand slowly. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, or get, Damia's you have case, card draw. immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's much worse uh, when you tie it to a spell called Sunder. 
Um, so this is three blue blue, so five mana instant that says return all lands to their owner's hands. You just love land destruction today, don't you, Mike? It's not destruction. I'm not destroying it. Really? Because they're gonna have to discard lands. almost all of them. Well, that's that's their choice. I is it? <laughs> there is a max hand size. There is. Um the worst part of this by far is I didn't even include the card in here because it's not something that I specifically search for. Um, but there is a there is a car, a blue land that enters the battlefield tapped unless you control three other islands. And if it enters the battlefield untapped, you can take a instant or sorcery from your graveyard and put it on the top of your library. Mm-hmm. So I can do this every turn if need be. And if Damia is out, well, great. Now I'm going to draw up to seven each turn. Get more lands, dump more stuff, put every like it, it's a it's a get all it's your landfall land. triggers, right? Yeah. But more times than not, it's a I'm gonna put everybody's lands away, so I have all my lands out. Next turn, all my lands yeah, like, or creatures swing. I out. think seventy yeah. to eighty percent of the things you mentioned today have been about land destruction. Yeah. Well, what's or, going or, on with you, man? Bounce. Well, hold on, hold on. Uh-huh. I've only I've only done one thing mean to anybody else's lands. Which is, we just have a lot of people that talk about doing mean things to oh, each other. Don't shoot. And you just happen to choose those incidentally. Don't shoot the messenger. Okay. I, you know what? It, yes. You know what? I, I did happen to choose those. Leave my lands alone. All right. What do you, what do you got for me? What are some other mean cards that you're running? Hmm. Well, there is another white card that I neglected to mention, and uh, this yeah. is perhaps the uh, one of the strongest curses in the game, and mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons why I'm just so disappointed that the new curse commander, uh, Linda? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Linda? Linda. Lind. Linda. Lind Cheerful Tormentor, um, the Grixis yeah. curse commander. She doesn't have white. That just sucks for me right because it's in this because one department this. <laughs> that white just excels and that's super yeah. mean curses overwhelming splendor six white white eight mana for an enchantment or a curse with enchant player very mean creatures enchanted player controls lose all abilities and have base power and toughness one one that's humility next part mm-hmm. enchanted player can't activate abilities that aren't mana abilities or loyalty abilities and i think that's linvala with something else in there yeah this is an eight mana three different mean cards it's linvala plus no rod <laughs> yeah so you got humility linvala no rod all wrapped up into one curse that only hits one player and mike their day is ruined right so i didn't include this in my list but i do have this on one of my decks um, and it's my Jessica and Arden deck. Okay. And I specifically included this just because I like the idea of, all right, you're the arch enemy. You need to be taken down a peg. So I'm going to overwhelming splendor you, but then go to combat on another turn and say, okay, well, you're finally calmed down, but now you're being a jerk. So now, now I'm enchanting you with overwhelming now you'll splendor. See the splendor. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's terrible. <laughs> Awful. It feels, yeah. it feels real bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, 
It's eight mana. Like it's eight mana, and it, and it and it doesn't really. Win and it's a the huge removal it's one target. On one. Yeah, like. And it doesn't I, stop them from removing it at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's super rough. Don't get me wrong. But there are mean. No, I was no. It no. I, this I'm is the meanest curse. It's 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 the meanest curse. <laughs> I was trying to do the like, but there's a lot of ways to remove it. You can okay. do there are a lot of ways to remove it, worse. and it doesn't stop you from accessing any of them unless your mana comes from non mana ability artifacts, right. because mana rocks will still work. Um, yes, but your, your your mana dorks don't because they don't have any abilities anyway. Right, mana dorks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's mean. It's mean. It's it's real mean. I I was I was trying to put myself in the position of which feels worse, you know, being being winter orbed and not being able to untap stuff, so I'm just here, or a mortal sun or not a mortal sun, uh, uh, overwhelming splendor. Good point, Mike. Yeah, because I have like, a mortal sun in here too. Yeah, I know. That's why it it, uh, it wasn't even a Freudian slip. Yeah. It was just my eyes. A mortal sun is uh, is one of those. Big honking artifacts that does a big honking amount of stuff. Six mana for a legendary mm-hmm. artifact. Four static abilities. Players can't activate Planeswalker loyalty abilities. That is Pretty the only up. effect in the game that says that. At the beginning yep. of your draw step, draw an additional card. Very nice. Sure. Always good. Spells you control or spells you cast cost one less to cast. Great. Mm-hmm. Love that. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Right. So each of those individual things... It's somewhat substantive, all four together, and wow, this is a very impactful piece that oh yeah uh, hits a lot of parts of the board. And the big thing about it, and why I consider it so mean specifically, right, is that this 100% completely shuts down and locks out Super Friends decks. If your yeah. deck revolves around Planeswalkers, your deck simply doesn't work anymore. There, and here's the thing: there's I understand that there's not a ton of you know, I don't I don't play with a ton of uh, Super Friends decks in my meta. It's one of the most popular archetypes, but it is yeah. right. And 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 the other part of that is there's not a ton of stuff. There's not a ton of stuff that you go out there and oh, this is going to stop Planeswalkers from being scary. Yeah, but there's also this and the Elder Spell. Anything else? Yeah. Right. But this does. This you is know, other like, stuff, right? It's not. This is other stuff. It's not going to be a whiff if I'm not playing against a Planeswalker deck. I can just put right. this down and it'll just make my deck work better. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, an additional card, reducing casting of spells, creatures get a little buff. Okay, sure. That's all, you know, that might be something that you could play. I don't know if you played for six mana, but you'd no, still... No, I wouldn't pay that for six mana. Right. But, I mean, you could... But if you were in, like, an artifact reduction cost kind of deck, yeah. okay, I could see it. But the ability to say, hey... This permanent type does not exist for anybody anymore. Like you can have it, but it's not going to do anything. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's only partially hmm. true with the uh, with the war planeswalkers that have the enchantment style and static abilities. Sure, like sure. Set. But yeah, because they're uh, not activated; they're just there. Right. I mean, at that but, point, it's it's only a couple of the planeswalkers that are threatening, and they might have had a lot more than that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they say that once you get up to like three or four or five planeswalkers it there's almost nothing you can do unless you have some kind yeah. of board wipe because you can't deal with them individually they just keep ticking up um, right so yeah this is it's gonna lock all that nonsense out no yeah. it's pretty good I, I I said I don't have a lot of uh 
uh, Planeswalker, you know, super friend yeah. decks in my meta. I do have one, so <laughs> it, it might be worth mm, looking throw it in. It is for again. getting pretty expensive here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it don't Because they have not me. ever reprinted it. No. No. But it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a really big thing that says can't. We can't we can't build we can't we make can't. those. <laughs> we can't can't right, Mike, I have um, I have the feeling that you have one big finale lock. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my thing. I think this is I don't know if it's the meanest thing I could I have in my decks. I also don't know that it's that mean. Um because it comes from a deck where I don't have any tutors. It's all top deck man- manipulation. But uh, my Vivictus uh, Asmati, the Dire deck, I think is my favorite deck to play. Um, because it is mostly, unless there is a clear threat on board, I'm going to let other people choose what is affected by it. So it's a 6-6 flying legendary dragon. Um, the entire premise is when it attacks, for each player, I take target permanent they control. And they sacrifice it. And then they're going to flip the top card of their library. If it's a permanent, it goes onto the battlefield. So the entire premise of the deck is I'm going to let other people, unless they're really in the lead or something is really problematic, you're going to pick your own stuff. And we're going to see if we can get cool stuff out here. I like that. Whoa, flip, right? The problem is that a game's got to end sometimes. Oh my God, what have have you done? I do have some mean things in here to where sometimes I just have to get the cards that they have because they're they're bad and the game needs to end. Um, so, I mean, there's an it that betrays in there. Uh, <laughs> it's 12 oh, mana boy. Eldrazi, Annihilator 2. It's an 11-11. But for this deck, uh, the main thing is whenever an opponent sacrifices a non-token permanent, I put that card onto the battlefield under my control. But Mike, you're in so, black. Yeah. There's a better version of it that betrays if you're playing in black. Oh, you mean Terragrin? Yeah, I do mean Terragrin. Yeah, yeah, she's in there too. Oh, uh, my so god. three three black black for a legendary creature god uh, with menace that says whenever an opponent sacrifices a non-token permanent or discards a permanent card, it's even better, you may put that card from a battle uh, graveyard onto the yeah, battlefield. Yeah, we had a field day when control. we were talking about this card, Mike. This card yeah. is it's strictly better than it that betrays on the effect. On the effect, right. yes. Obviously, it doesn't have the big stats. It doesn't have Annihilator. But the effects, you're getting at a mm-hmm. huge discount, seven mana less. Mm-hmm. And also, well, it's better. About that, Alex. Um, more times than not, I'm not paying anything for either of these. What do you I'm mean? I'm not tutoring up the cards. And I'm not bringing them there. But... You're flipping them. If they flip, they're there. Mm, how did that happen? And that is, uh, and that is my one Who rule. Put those I will in never... There? I will never cast her grid or it that betrays from my hand. Oh, <laughs> that really? That's my rule because that is too mean for me. I don't think that if I, I don't think that your opponents are are placated by that decision, right? Because no. number one, they still see them, and number two, this is even meaner because you don't even have to pay for them this way. Like, uh-huh. but this gives them another turn. Because these get revealed after everything's been sacrificed. So that's usually where I go with it. It's like, all right, it's fine. You've got a turn to remove this big bad thing. It's okay. Go ahead and remove this big bad thing. Because again, the game's got to end. 
And that's usually what I go off of. I should mention there's also a grave betrayal in this deck. Oh but, my god. Uh, point is, lots of sacrificing things. I let them sacrifice things until it's like, all right, this game needs to end at some point. Now we're going to start getting rid of the all the good stuff. So I'm like, I'm, but yeah, I'm it's, it's, it's eight up. I, I'm willing, I'm willing to admit that. I'm disappointed that you have it that betrays in your deck and Turgrid to a lesser extent, but I'm also disappointed in, uh, our fellow content creator and commands co-host Josh Lee Kwai, uh, who mm-hmm. recently came out with a episode at this point, it was about half a month ago, three weeks ago mm-hmm. about, uh, strange rules interactions that you can take advantage of in the game of commander and uh, specifically mentions it that betrays and, uh, and says that it, that betrays can be used to steal a player's commander. If you hit it with the annihilator trigger or if they sacrifice it through another way. And uh, Mike, that, that is just not true. Um, the, the rules manager corrected the record on that because, I mean, he's a fairly high-profile individual. Um, oh, yeah, But yeah. more so than that, he's a member of the Commander Advisor Group, and we have had conversations about this where it's clear that the Commander Advisor Group is not meant to be and and certainly isn't a uh, extremely knowledgeable judge-level understanding of the rules of Commander because that's not what they're supposed to be. But at the same right. time, it's still a bit jarring, right? He's he's such a major Commander personality, I know he has the resources at his disposal. Uh, I'm not really trying to shame him, but it, you know, it, it's no. it's just it's a needle in my uh, in my side right when right. a huge content creator comes out and and has a rules interaction episode and gets this wrong. So let's go over this interaction. Uh, yeah. It that betrays is on the field. So unfortunately, yes. you already are having the worst game ever. Right. <laughs> so you also <laughs> hold on, <laughs> real quick. Oh, Mike, what is it? A little this under time? attack here. <laughs> All right, so Turgrid's on the battlefield, so it's basically the worst game ever. Sure. <laughs> you know, It That Betrays is just one of the most eerie-looking cards in the Eldrazi right. set. I mean, the Eldrazi in general are just very otherworldly, oh, yeah. Lovecraftian beasts. But It That Betrays has always stuck out to me as definitely, for me, the creepiest one. right? Because yep. it's just standing there in the distance like a spider crab-looking thing. It's just staring straight through you and everybody on the battlefield is being impaled by arrows, presumably by their own side uh, because it, the betrays is uh, destroying (laughs) their minds and forcing them to, to attack each other. And God, it's just, it's just horrible, but uh, great work on this one. Uh, The artist was uh, Tomas Jedrzejczyk. I completely butchered that, but great work on that. Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent card art. So let's talk about Thanks, this interaction. I hate it. Thanks, I hate <laughs> it. It's great. I think it looks great. Yeah. Um, so it the betrays his ability, the relevant one says, whenever an opponent sacrifices a non-token permanent, put that card onto the battlefield under your control. That's a triggered ability, right? Sure. We know how triggers work. They go on the stack in active player, non-active player order, and they'll go on the stack um, you know, in, in relative order with each other. And more, most importantly, they go on the stack after state-based actions resolve, yep. right? So the state-based action is what's important here. If a player sacrifices their commander to the Annihilator trigger, or maybe they were forced to by Vavictus, because I don't know why you would do that. Uh, in the Command Zone episode, they assert that this means that 
it that betrays can then be used to gain control of that commander. Uh, this is simply not the case, Mike. And the reason right. for that is because uh, the sacrifice commander will go to the graveyard. Yep. Uh, it that betrays will trigger. Trigger goes on the stack. However, before it triggers and goes on the stack, state-based actions are going to resolve. And right. I realize this is relatively new, right? This only changed about a year and a half ago. When did that mm-hmm. actually happen? Uh, time is weird now. But this is time within is the past couple of years. So I think for a lot of players, yeah. this is still pretty recent major rules change. Um, a state-based action effect happens. And since this is the first time that state-based actions were checked and the commander has now changed zones to the graveyard, the owner of the commander now has the option to take advantage of that state-based action and move it to the command zone from the graveyard. Right. Mm-hmm. So it has changed zones. Right. This is different from the way that it used to work, right? Before this rules change, Josh Lequai would have been correct because right. before this rules change, your commander never went to the graveyard. It didn't actually die. It went straight to the command zone as a replacement effect, and it wasn't um, it wasn't ever hitting the graveyard, so the zone didn't ever change. Straight from the battlefield to the command zone. In that case, in the past, it the betrays was in fact able to steal it. However, now with the new rule, it does reach the graveyard, then it moves to the command zone. When an object changes zones, it loses all memory of what it used to be. And more importantly, if there are any abilities that are trying to resolve that care about that object, it's moved zones. It doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, uh that episode was probably heard by millions and millions of magic players they have a really really popular podcast and i imagine that many fewer of those players ever heard the retraction or the follow-up by either the command zone or or the rules members because their next their next episode to 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 their credit here their next episode started okay that's good i haven't heard that one hey thank you no it's all good and their next episode was hey josh lee quiet here and and saying literally hey we got this interaction wrong Okay, you know, that's good. And, I didn't and know that. They kind of they had the and and this is this is part of why I was happy that you wanted to talk about this because they asked they asked their judges like you know they asked their judges in house right. because they have judges for game nights. They asked a couple of other judges and they went up the ladder a decent amount and said this. That's what really bothers me, right, is I can't place all the blame on on just players that don't really know what's going on because right. you have to imagine they do have those staff judges. Exactly. And how did and they not catch such a basic rule that was recently the subject of a major rules change? Right. And I think that's part of it. Like, I I am never going to be uh, – This is this is going to be more – you are more capable of this than I am with you actually being a judge and you – being more learned mm-hmm. in the interactions and how things go. And my whole reaction to all of this was, wow, it's weird that they did their due diligence, or at least they did some diligence on this and they got it wrong. But man, magic is complicated. It is like, complicated. It That just concerns me though, right? Because it's- Oh, for sure. It, I obviously get stuff wrong, right? Like I, yeah, I work in a lot we all of- do. Uh, I volunteer- really and a lot of discords just answering judge questions in my spare time and i've definitely gotten things wrong i've given incorrect advice and i've you know i've had to correct myself before and i'm sure that it's also happened in a more official capacity because no one's perfect um that said it's just you're right they should have had or they did have 
these multiple layers of of redundancy, right? Mm-hmm. And goodness, it it just seems to me like they really should have should have caught that one. I really hope that they're they're judges and residents aren't just rubber stamping these scripts and are actually reviewing oh, sure. them. Um, no, and I yeah. understand that you, you, you want to make sure that it's done right. Especially if you're in a, your position where you're like, I mean, you're the biggest vo- uh, voice for, you know, our format, right? You're, you're the biggest voice for Joshly quiet. It's not there. me. Well, no, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> command zone in general, right, right, right. you know, yeah, like exactly. That, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, it, for me, it's like, oh man, it sucks that they got this wrong. Right. But in my head, even as I listened to it, I went, that's not how that works. Yeah. Right. Is it? It's, and it's, I didn't, you yeah. know, and it, it is, it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do the like, you know, ah, you made a mistake. You learn from it. You right. don't do it again. Magic is complicated. Cool. But I'm with you. It is concerning yeah. that like, that just happens, you know? And this this like, is like I said, this is another time uh, that a a member of the commander advisor group, which just to be clear, is a uh, unpaid, non voting, uh, semi formalized body of res- uh, representatives of the commander community that advise the rules committee, which is the official governing voting body mm-hmm. that kind of rules over the format. So yeah, these are major players. Josh Lequai is one person on a team. Of these people, and this isn't the first time we've talked about it, right? Uh, I believe that there was a previous rules interaction, um, perhaps even also involving the command zone, not the podcast, but the the, the actual zone that mm-hmm. a uh, that a commander advisor group member got confused on. And uh, yeah. you're right this this is just such such a complicated format. It's so complicated. Yeah, I just think that's why it's important to to have if you have such a big voice, right? If you are broadcasting to hundreds of thousands of people, you have the biggest live play. Like their game nights is enormous. They have a mm-hmm. ton of funding. They're the biggest name in Commander. And I, I think that's uh I mean, we all just have to to put forth that effort to make sure we, the information we we're putting careful. out is accurate. Yeah. And and you know what? I have no problem at the same time. I got no problem if they ever make a mistake on game nights. Because that is a gameplay as you're going yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. And they even It's not even scripted. Even, yeah. No, and they even started to do their, their roundtable episodes after where it's like, hey, sometimes we screw up, right. you know, yeah. and and that kind of that kind of open door policy as far as like, hey, this is complicated. Sometimes we screw up. I think leans a little bit more here where, OK, yeah, you screwed up, but you publicized this thing mm-hmm. and you said this interaction. I haven't gone back to check and re-listen to that episode to see if it was removed. I don't think from, it was because I was just but, listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things that I, I, you know, you should probably do that. You issued something on the next episode that said, hey, we got this interaction. Right. Cool. Because that's the thing. Not everyone's going to listen to every command zone episode and not everyone is connected to the command zone Twitter or anything like that. But it it's it's a little rough. But I mean, you know what? There's one way to fix it. Just just stop running it that betrays. Yeah, that would fix it, wouldn't it? (laughs) That fix all of our problems. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. No more at that betrays. Uh, I will just um, figure out a different way to win with Vivictus. It'll be totally fine. Um, but in the meantime, if anybody has any questions for you about some rules interactions or uh, other mean cards and how they work or if a card is mean or not, how would they find you? Sure, Mike. They can uh, find me on Twitter at Lappermedic, L-A-P-P-E-R-M-E-D-I-C. 
You can also email me in private at alex at edhrec.com. Uh, I also have my uh, other project where you might be interested in looking up some of the awesome super mean combos we talked about today at commanderspellbook.com, which is a search engine for EDH combos. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, if you enjoyed the co- uh, the conversation, please subscribe and rate the podcast. If you want to buy any of the cards we talked about, first of all, are you okay? Um, but you can also uh, <laughs> buy sleeves, okay? deck boxes. Oh, yeah. How's everything going? <laughs> um, if you want to buy anything that we talked about, and more importantly, all the stuff that we didn't, uh, you can support us by going to bit.ly slash EDH underscore social. There you're going to go to our TCG player affiliate link, and you'll be able to buy all the cards that you were going to anyway but you'll be able to support us in doing so with no extra cost to you. Uh, We have a Discord link in our show notes. There you can submit cards for, ooh, can I see that? You can get involved with any of our questions that we ask our viewers to bring them in part of the show. And sometimes they give us topics too, which is great because it saves a lot of time for me and Alex to think about all of the crazy stuff that's going on. You can ask our Honorable Judge Alex there a question uh, in the Judge's Corner. You can follow us on Twitter at EDH underscore social or email us at the social contract edh at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.